0: Hi, this is Dominic Pace from the new Star Wars series, The Mandalorian, and you're listening to the Jedi Temple Archives podcast.
1: I can bring you in warm,
0: or I can bring you in cold. (laughs) This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5
1: Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Only members of the Jedi Council are allowed access. Guarding the holocrons is one of the most important duties a Jedi can be given. Do you think you're up to the task?
0: Fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and we are recording this episode on Wednesday, August 5th, 2020. Now, before we get into our main topic for the week, which is going to be General Grievous, I do want to take a few minutes to talk a little bit about a couple of things that have happened since the last podcast, and the first and the thing that I'm probably most excited about is that my wife, Kim, and I have started a new Disney and theme park-based podcast, called the Hoopty Duo Disney Review Show. And essentially, it's going to be a very targeted podcast. We both love going to the Orlando area, especially uh, doing Walt Disney World, doing Universal. Uh, We've hit up SeaWorld. Uh, We do both on-property and off-property resorts, restaurants, uh, festivals. We're even going to be doing a cruise later this uh, fall, hopefully. And essentially, we're just going to be giving our first-person review of all of those different things to hopefully help anyone who's interested in going to the Orlando area or any of these other areas that we go to and looking for recommendations on potentially what restaurants, what resorts, those types of things that you may want to try out. We're going to give our take on each of those things and hopefully help you be able to better plan your travel. So again, that's the Duo. H-O-O-P-D-E-E-D-U-O, Disney Review Show. Uh, You can find us at HooptyDuo at gmail.com if you want to reach out to us. Uh, If you can't find the podcast on your favorite podcatcher, and you can find us on social media at HooptyDuo as well. So uh, again, my wife Kim and I are going to be hosting that and we're looking forward to having a lot of fun. Thank you so much if you give us a listen and uh, certainly give us a review if you'd be so kind and tell a friend so we can get the podcast out there and hopefully help more people. The other event, that I want to talk about is Scarifcon 2020, which I uh, was fortunate enough to get to visit in Chicago a few weeks ago. Uh, it was hosted once again by Gazga and the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast, and the event was held at Alley Cat Comics up in the Andersonville neighborhood there in Chicago. Uh, despite the fact that we were under kind of a bit of a COVID lockdown and uh, the situation there was still fairly serious, uh, they were kind of opening things up a little bit. Uh, a lot of the eating and, uh, and entertainment establishments had outside activities, outside seating. Um, they were allowing some indoor seating as well, so uh, it was opening up a little bit. Fortunately for us, the event was uh, was reasonably small. Uh, everyone did a really great job of observing all of the uh, the necessary precautions. People were wearing masks, using the hand sanitizer, etc. Uh, we were fortunate enough to get a visit from Dominic Pace, who actually was on his uh, support small business twenty twenty two. And that was part of what was going on there at Ellie Cat Comics as well. So uh, we had uh, certainly myself out there, uh, Rogazga again from Scarf Scuttlebutt podcast. We had uh, Todd and Heather from WSTR Galactic Public Access podcast out there. Uh, Todd also does a podcast with his son called Big T and Little T. And uh, we did get a visit from uh, Greg over at Rebel Base Card, who did a great wrap-up of the event. So if you want to hear more or a different viewpoint, uh, he got some great interviews from some of the podcasters and uh, folks that were there, including Dominic himself. So you should definitely go check out Rebel Base Card to get their uh, spin on things. And uh, we also had members from uh, the Midwest Garrison of the 501st. We had some Mando Murricks out there uh, from the Chicago and surrounding area. Areas. Uh So overall, that was really cool. We did uh, get a surprise visit from Jimmy Mack from uh, Rebel Force Radio. He was uh, cool and did a uh, a bit of an interview there with Roe that uh, that went off great. He brought in uh, another group of, of uh, folks that follow him called the Babu Freaks and also he had with him uh, kind of the Mando mashups I guess they're called and they are a set of Mandalorians who have their armor kind of crafted after each of the major sports teams in the Chicago area so it was all very cool uh, certainly uh, Celine there at Alley Cat Comics was a wonderful hostess for the second year in a row uh, this year instead of freezing in the November weather uh, we were kind of baking in the, uh, in the July sun we had uh, fortunately the weather cooperated with us Uh, all the rain got through there before the two o'clock start but uh, one of the most fun parts about that event was that we did get a chance to spend some time with Dominic Pace uh, just as wonderful in person as he was when he did the interview with us over the phone lines Uh, certainly incredibly kind to spend some time with us after the event we all went out to uh, Calo Restaurante there in the Andersonville neighborhood and we got a chance to hang out with him and and talk with him a little bit Uh, and he has continued on his way and is down in the Florida area right now kind of wrapping up his tour before working his way back across country to his home out in um, Hollywood, California so uh, certainly a lot of fun to get to meet someone who got to take part in season one of The Mandalorian Uh, he's incredibly gracious you should check him out uh, Lara the Gecko on Facebook and uh, certainly you can find him out there on his personal accounts on Facebook and Twitter uh, as well. So definitely go out and check that out. Once again, a huge thanks to Rogozka. Um Putting together an event like this is no small feat. Uh, certainly to bring in some of the folks that he was able to get on site, including uh, Jimmy Mack from uh, Rebel Force Radio was super cool. Uh, And we just had a great time. I mean, again, everyone was very safe about it. Everyone was very cautious in terms of uh, making sure that we had masks on and stuff. But we had some fans come out. Uh, We had a great time with them. and, uh, And it was just a great way to socialize after several months where everyone has been. Uh, kind of quarantined and and keeping things a little bit close to the vest. So nice to get out there again. Nice to have another event and uh, looking forward to doing more ScarifCon in the future. I was also fortunate enough, uh, my lovely wife was uh, willing to let me stay over a couple of nights and uh, got to experience a little bit more of the area as well. So it was not quite the out and back that I had uh, in the same day last November where there was a lot of driving. It allowed me to to kind of do more of the after party there with Dominic. Uh, And uh, I actually have some great photos that I have uh, put out on my Twitter account um, that I've retweeted where he and his son uh, have both been seen wearing some JTA podcast t-shirts on their tour. So very much appreciative of that. Uh, and, uh, once again, just a great time. So, uh, that's kind of my wrap up for ScarifCon 2020. I have some video and photos that I will make sure that we get out on our social media, as well as, uh, I'm going to send some of it along to Roe especially the video uh, with his interview with Jimmy Mack, and uh, we'll get that up on the Red 5 Network as well. Now before we start the show, I do want to welcome our new sponsor, Audible. Uh, Audible is a product that I am happy to endorse. I use it a ton. I always talk about the fact that there is a ton of Star Wars content out there, and it is really hard to keep up with all of the books, the comics, etc. Audible is an excellent way to do that, and, and my preferred way to do so. Certainly not only are they a leader in audiobooks, but they also have all other kinds of spoken word entertainment uh, podcast, they have comedy, they have uh, self help stuff. So whether you're into listening to it for science fiction, as I am, or if you want to indulge in any of those other passions, uh, they certainly will fit the bill for you. One of the great things about this is that all you have to do is visit audibletrial.com forward slash JTA podcast, and you will get a one month free trial, which is going to get you one credit where you can pick any title, Plus access to two Audible originals from that monthly selection. Uh, You also get access to the Daily News Digest like the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or Washington Post. So there's a lot out there for you. If you cancel within the first month, there is no charge to you. We do have an agreement with them where we will get a commission. And that's a great way for you to support our podcast while also getting something for yourself. So I would highly recommend Audible. Uh, Again, they've got thousands of titles. Pretty much anything you want to listen to, you can... And find out there and the great thing about the Star Wars titles is that there are many of them especially the new ones narrated by Mark Thompson who does a wonderful job of bringing the characters to life through the various voices that he uses so I personally recommend it so again visit audibletrial.com forward slash JTA podcast and you will both be supporting the podcast as well as hooking yourself up with uh, a great audiobook so cannot recommend them highly enough and again thank you to audible for partnering with us to help support the podcast All right, so we're going to go ahead and dive into our main topic for this week, which is General Grievous. And I think that he is an awesome character within Star Wars. I think he is wildly uh, underexplored within the films themselves. Uh, Fortunately, we have the Clone Wars, uh, both the 2003, I believe, uh, version as well as the Clone Wars that started in 2008, and he features prominently in both of those. So we get a lot of backstory on him, uh, but just to kind of go over some of the basics of General Grievous, uh, he was actually a Kalish warlord and warrior from the planet of Kali, and according to current canon he learned all of his warfare and battle tactics during a war against the Yamri of the planet Huk, and these Yamri are interesting in the sense that Uh, They have representation within the original trilogy, specifically within uh, A New Hope there was one of these Yamri characters within that cantina scene within A New Hope. So uh, they essentially are sentient uh, insect-like creatures. They look like giant praying mantises. And actually the character in the cantina was really just known as the praying mantis uh, and was basically retconned into one of these Yamri when General Grievous was created. So uh, a little bit of a tie-in to some of the OT lore. Um, What is interesting about Grievous is that when we meet him... Within the films, he's clearly mostly uh, droid. So he is a cyborg, but he has very little humanity still left in him. By the time of the Clone Wars, all that is left of his humanity is essentially his brain, his eyes, uh, some of his vital organs, including his lungs, which are in the synth skin gut. Uh, that is really what Obi-Wan shoots and, and bursts into flame there within the events of uh, Revenge of the Sith uh, and his spinal cord as well. So, uh, And also you can kind of see some of that red Kalish flesh around his eyes uh, peeking out from behind that Kaleesh, uh battle mask that he wears. So uh, along with that battle mask he also wore a Kalish cloak. So that cloak that he wears within uh, certainly within the films and within the events of the Clone Wars uh, has a, a tie back to to his uh, his Kalish heritage. So, really, what's interesting about Grievous is that there's not a a. Specific story uh, that you can land on in terms of how he became a cyborg. Now, while one of the legends indicates that at some point during his life, uh, Grievous was the victim of a serious accident, destroyed most of his body, and nearly killed him, and he literally chose to receive the cybernetic upgrade of this new droid body to increase his skills in combat uh, and essentially to make him an even more fearsome opponent. However, there's another legend that states that. That his transformation had really occurred more over time, where he had started by making kind of smaller enhancements to his physical body and then eventually moving on to some more of the extreme changes. And what's interesting about that is that in the Clone Wars series, we actually have an episode uh called The Lair of Grievous. And you get to see uh, Grievous's lair, his fortress, on the planet of Vasek III, and one of the things about that lair is that he has several statues there that show kind of a progression from his organic... Form to his cyborg form and that certainly would seem to support that second storyline where it was kind of a more gradual reconstruction over time. And uh, again, it led to him having very little of his physical body left. So to that end, I'm going to play a clip here from the uh, lair of Grievous featurette that uh, was shot for season one of The Clone Wars. And this features Dave Filoni, who is the supervising editor, as well as Henry Gilroy, who was one of the story editors for that particular episode, talking a little bit about kind of Grievous' backstory and how that all played out when they went to develop this uh, for The Clone Wars. In
1: the EU, there are a lot of stories about Grievous, that he was an incredible general that got shot down by Dooku in a shuttle and then re-engineered by Dooku to fight as a general, and we talked about that stuff. I mean, it was in a Visionaries comic book that wasn't canon. It's just a possibility. The question is, why would a great general allow himself to be sabotaged, rebuild as a robot, and then just become subservient to someone like Dooku? There is concern. You have lost your focus. So we called George up, and he came over, and we said, what do you think about Grievous? What's his backstory? Because this is what we heard. George had a lot of ideas about where he thought Grievous came from... ...and what he thought Grievous was about. One of the things that George had mentioned... ...was that he had really wanted to be a Jedi. But he wasn't Force-sensitive. He wasn't able to use the Force. He knew he could never be a Sith Lord. And his rejection of Jedi status... ...drove him to have modifications done to his body. These must be trophies taken from the Jedi. He's murdered but we still elected to keep it kind of ambiguous. Some of the best stuff is because we don't take that mask off and show you what's under there.
0: You might have been a proud warrior once, but
1: now you're just a pawn in Dooku's game. I wield great power, Jedi fool. The statues also show a progression of Grievous, as almost as these Olympian-like statues as he descends further and further into the robotic
0: realm of his body and his build. The other thing that's interesting about his transition to this uh, to this less organic form, this uh, mostly droid-cyborg form, is that part of the issue that he had with his internal organs that were kind of floating in that sack is that his organic lungs were part of that, and they were irritated by these implants, which gave him that persistent cough that we see within the film so that's kind of a interesting little uh a l- interesting little tidbit it's kind of strange to think that you could take a organic body and transition it into this cyborg but you still couldn't fix an issue with the lungs that uh, i know they were trying to go with something that was kind of uh A signature statement, I guess, of Grievous beyond just the fact that he could split his limbs and wield four lightsabers at once. But uh, it just seemed kind of a a strange uh, way to express the fact that he did still have some humanity left. Uh, Never really sat right with me. And I'm sure that there are other fans out there that feel the same way. Now, another thing that's really interesting about uh, General Grievous is the fact that while he is not actually force sensitive, uh, his droid body and the ability to fight and move as quickly as he did led him to be able to be trained in lightsaber combat. And the person who did that training was actually Count Dooku or Darth Tyrannus, if you prefer to go by that name. Uh, So Dooku himself is the one that trained Grievous in his ability to wield lightsabers in combat. Uh, certainly it is, I think, pretty well stated within the films that the way that Grievous would gather those lightsabers would be from killing Jedi and then taking those fallen Jedi lightsabers and keeping them as part of his collection. Uh, he could see, he could obviously wield up to four lightsabers at once. We see that within the films certainly uh, as he could split his forearms and, and wield one lightsaber in each of those four appendages. So uh, certainly made him incredibly fierce in combat, even against Force Sensitives. Uh, Certainly we see the Jedi uh, need to be really at the top of their game to defeat him in combat. And it really goes to show you just how amazing Obi-Wan had become at lightsaber combat by the time he faces him within the events of Revenge of the Sith. So once he had been trained in lightsaber combat by Dooku, at that point, he was then named Supreme Commander of the Droid Army and the uh, leader of essentially the military forces of the Confederacy of Independent Systems. And it goes back to that uh, war that we talked about earlier with the Yomri that uh, apparently the Galactic Republic in that war sided with the the, the planet Huck, with the Yomri, and that caused grievous to hate the galactic republic so he was easy to recruit by dooku in order to lead those military forces and he proved to be very difficult to kill throughout the events of the clone wars and it wasn't until the events of revenge of the sith that anyone was actually able to defeat him in single combat ironically uh not with the lightsaber but with the blaster which as we know obi-wan felt was
1: so uncivilized
0: Now, in addition to the rest of his military forces, Grievous was also accompanied quite often by his IG-100 Magna Guards, and we see them within the events of Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Typically, they would fight in pairs of two, and they were essentially highly specialized bodyguard droids that would use these electrostaffs that could be used against a Jedi's lightsaber, and they would fight in groups of two. One would kind of keep the Jedi occupied from the front, and the other one would try to flank him and get him blows from behind. They could fight with Uh, With limbs lopped off, they could fight even with their heads lopped off. So they were very fearsome opponents. They were a match for most Jedi and even advanced Jedi like Obi-Wan would have trouble with these Magna Guards. Now, additionally, in his lair on BASIC 3... Uh, Grievous kept what was called a Rogwart, and his was named Gore. Uh, The Rogwart is actually a semi-sentient creature that comes from Mustafar. It's this enormous, rancor-sized, gray-skinned, demon-looking creature uh, that walks on two legs. It's got uh, two giant clawed hands. It's got two huge horns. A number of what looks like tails that kind of come out of its back. And then one primary tail uh, that's long and thick and ends in this trident-shaped spider. Spike. It's super thick skinned. Uh, The one that Grievous kept was also cybernetically enhanced. So it was definitely his kind of house pet uh, and his home security system for his castle there on Vasek. And this really plays a role in the whole Lair of Grievous episode where essentially the storyline is that Dooku wants to test the abilities of General Grievous. So he lays a trap for him, uh, tells him to head back to his fortress there on Vasek 3. And at the same time, Luke. Was a couple of Jedi there, including Kit Fisto, who was one of the Jedi masters on the Jedi Council. Uh, he's the green skinned Natolan uh Jedi who kind of has the Rastafarian long head tails, and then his former Padawan, who at this point had just passed the Jedi trials, named Ned Arveb, who is a mon calamari. Welcome home, General. I'm afraid I must request your surrender. So in the initial duel that ensues, uh, the two Jedi are actually able to do some damage to Grievous, uh, cut off some of his limbs, and at this point we meet his, essentially his surgical droid.
1: Doctor, where are don't be upset with me, master. If you were a better fighter, we would not be having this conversation. <laughs> He's still evil when he shuts the door and calls Grievous to come kill the Jedi's. Get him, master! And like a lot of interesting characters we created in the Clone
0: Wars, we killed him. Oh, no. Know <laughs> <laughs> what I was thinking there. We find out that he has all these replacement parts. His surgical droid is able to repair him, um, but his pet Rogwart Gore ends up getting killed during that period of time, and so he is able to eventually kill the younger of the two Jedi, not Arveb, and, Does end up fighting Kit Fisto later in the episode, along with a couple of his Magna Guards. But Fisto is able to escape and Grievous reports back to Dooku that he had essentially killed one of the two Jedi, forced the other one to flee. And Dooku is kind of validated in terms of knowing that uh, he has trained Grievous well and Grievous is still legitimately able to carry on. Uh, running that Confederacy droid army, so uh, that episode is kind of a crucial one over the arc of the Clone Wars. Um, there's also an arc that follows shortly thereafter, uh, which involves the one of the one of the early confrontations between Obi Wan Kenobi and General Grievous. And this is a, a clip that I'm going to play because I think it really starts to show that Grievous's attitude is no longer his hatred for his republic driving what his campaign is but his his hatred has now been transferred to the jedi and that particular order so kenobi
1: is everything going as planned that depends on your point
0: of view general you
1: wouldn't come here without a plan and you wouldn't come alone do Skywalker has rescued Master Kothkitz? <laughs> Your plans have come to ruination, Jedi! I hear a lot of talking, General, but in the final accounting, what does all the talk get you? A futile quest for power. A mutilated body. And your place is Dooku's errand boy. No errant boy. I am not in this war for Dooku's politics. I am the leader of the most powerful droid army the galaxy has ever seen.
0: An army with no loyalty, no spirit, just programming. What have you to show for all your power? What have you to gain? The future? A future where there are no Jedi! So throughout the course of the Clone Wars, there were really more encounters uh, or more battles with uh, General Grievous at the center of them than I can really go into full detail on a single podcast on. Uh, certainly he was uh, involved in a failed attempt to uh, attack the planet of Kamino and stop the creation of additional clones uh, in an attempt to end the war that way. He was then later uh, involved in an attack on the Sisters on the planet of Dathomir and was successful in wiping them out um they were basically force witches not necessarily jedi or sith but kind of an independent uh f- group of force wielders that used kind of a-, a dark side force magic and um he basically wiped out all of the night sisters on dathomir along with his droid army later on he actually has uh some interaction with hondo onaka and we talked a little bit about that in our hondo onaka episode very early on in this podcast Uh, who had a base on Florum and a group of pirates that operated out of there. And Grievous, uh, kind of in retaliation for the fact that Hondo Onaka had taken Count Dooku prisoner, uh, which we also talked about in that episode, uh, attacked that base on Florum.
1: General Grievous, I presume? What a surprise. Uh, Have a seat. What, may
0: I ask, is the
1: honor? You can dispense with the pleasantries, pirate. This planet is now under (coughs) Sympathetic control. Uh And what do you suppose that means? It means you have a new master, pirate scout. we meet again. As I recall the last time we met face to face, I was your prisoner, uh, and you attempted to barter me off to the highest bidder. But can you blame me? I mean a Sith Lord. What a handsome price you would Silence. get. You are going to pay the price for your treachery.
0: And of course, this is another point where this episode really dovetails nicely with previous episodes we've done, specifically Clone Wars Season 7, where uh, that whole final arc of clone war season seven with the siege of mandalore uh that was going to be anakin and obi-wan assisting ahsoka and of course the capture of chancellor palpatine by general grievous is what got them called back to coruscant and then that later dovetails into um sidious basically leaking the information about the location of grievous to the jedi and then they send uh Obi-Wan out there to deal with him, which essentially now he has brought Anakin back to Coruscant. He has direct control of him. He removes that final couple of pieces of support that Anakin has primarily with Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. He has the Jedi basically manipulated into forcing Anakin to spy on him, which is going to further erode his trust in the Jedi. And so like everything else, Grievous is really just a tool that Sidious uses to his own ends, which is classic Sith behavior and we all know what happens when, when uh, Obi-Wan and General Grievous have their confrontation on the planet of Utapau where Obi-Wan is essentially able to lop off several of Grievous's limbs, force him into full retreat and then he chases him down on that varactyl, uh, ends up in that final battle and basically blows up <laughs> Grievous's gut sack, with that laser blast, which causes him to catch fire, and which is Whoa. where we so kind of come that into is the end of General Grievous. Of uh, certainly, you can go revisit that in Revenge of the Sith if you want to. Uh, and of course, there's a bittersweet ending there, with uh, not long after that, the clones having Order 66 executed and uh, Commander Cody turning on Obi Wan, which is certainly, if you are a fan of the Clone Wars and you saw the relationship between Obi Wan and Commander Cody, that is a, a very gut-wrenching moment because it is the same type of relationship that Rex had with uh, with the Soka and with Anakin uh, that you see being torn asunder by Order 66 there. So uh, happy to see the end of Grievous, although he was an incredible character within Star Wars. Uh, of course, I don't think he's coming back the way we saw with Maul. Uh, But he definitely served his purpose. He definitely was a a very cool character and a unique uh, character within the Star Wars universe and someone that I thought should be explored in further detail. So uh, I would encourage you if you want to see more of Grievous, definitely go check out the Clone Wars if you have not. I know we harp on that all the time, uh, but it is well worth your time. And uh, thank you guys all for joining me this week. If you want to reach out to us, you can certainly find us out on the socials at JTA Podcast. You can reach out to us via email at JTA Podcast at gmail.com. Or if you prefer to reach out via voicemail, go ahead and drop us a line at 201-746-5827, which is JTAP. And uh, if you like, we'll definitely play it on the show. Uh, so we love talking to our fans. Thank you guys once again so much for joining us. Sorry about the long gap since our last episode, but we're going to be back every other week with new episodes going forward. So look for us, tell a friend about us if you enjoyed this episode and may the force be with you.